Uh, we want to get into message number nine here in the Jesus way to pray. And we're going to talk about forgiveness again. Uh, we started forgiveness last Sunday. And uh, we're going to talk on the second part of what this verse means and the, the idea of forgiveness. Yes, we get the hard part tonight. That's right. The fun part was Sunday. That's right. The hard part is tonight. All right. All right. So, so let's read this together. As Jesus taught us to pray, this is the words of our master. He said this, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right. So we, we're looking at this fifth request. Uh, we just covered the first part of it Sunday. And forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our wrongs. Forgive us our sins. And depending on what translation you got, it'll say that. Uh, but we talked about this idea of the word forgive. What did we say forgive meant? To let go, right? That's the idea, to let it go, uh, to dismiss, to pardon, to release from obligation. When God forgives, He lets it go. God has that ability because He loves you that much. He loves you that much. Now, He wants you to go through the work of repentance and getting your heart straight and getting your mind straight and thinking like He does. Because, see, confession, confessing sin is important, isn't it? That's real important. And confessing sin is not just you telling God what's wrong. Confessing, the idea of confess means to agree with in the original language, means to agree with. So when you confess your sins, you agree with God that is wrong. Does that make sense to you? And your conscience helps you out with that. You know, God put something inside of us like a little radar system to help us stay on track with him. So when we confess our sins, that, that's really important. But once we do confess our sins and it's through, through a sincere heart, not just so you can get off the hook, you know, that's not, that's not what it's about. But when you do it with a sincere, pure heart, God lets it go. And he loves you enough to let, let it go so that you can move forward in him. Right? All right. So we looked at several scriptures here on Sunday. We, we talked about the pictures of forgiveness. When God says, I forgive, I, I hope you enjoyed all this as much as I enjoyed talking about it. I, I think you kind of got the idea I enjoyed talking about this. All right. We, we looked at these pictures that's in the, in, the, in the scriptures. In fact, almost all of them are in the Old Testament. Psalm 103.12 says, he, he removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west, right? That's a picture of how he lets it go. Never to return, okay? In his mind anyway, all right? All right, and then we looked at Isaiah 118. It says, from red to white, remember though your sins be red as scarlet or like crimson, I will wash them white as snow. In another place, he says, I'll wash them white as wool, right? So the idea is from dirty and sold and, and dirty, I guess, to clean, right? That's the idea, all right? It's really a miracle. It really is a miracle. Then, it, then he said, to the depths of the sea, I will cast your sins into the depths of the sea. That's Micah 7, 18 and 19, into the depths of the sea. You, you may have heard people talk about the sea of forgetfulness. You've heard of that? Have you heard that, that idea? There's a lot of songs written on that kind of subject. That's where that idea comes from is Micah's, Micah 7 right there. Into the depths, I will take your sins and I will remove them from you and cast them into the depths of the sea. That's a pretty good idea, isn't it? 
God's painting these pictures so that we understand what he means when he says, I forgive you. All right. Then he says, your sins I will remember no more. Now that's my favorite one, right? really. <laughs> All of my favorites. Didn't I say that kind of going through there Sunday? I will remember them no more. When I think about you, I won't think about that. Now you know what it's like to have somebody sin against you or you've sinned against somebody. And every time you think of that person, that comes to mind. You know what that's like, right? God's not like that. Now when you go through the work of confession and he forgives you, you truly repent. God says, I won't bring it to mind when I think about you. So really and truly, I, I told you a little example of something I, I took to God. And God said, hey, if we're going to talk about that today, I don't want to talk to you. I'm done talking about that. I mean, that's what he told me. It was just as, it was just as plain as if you and I were talking. And it just set me free, you know. I will remember them no more. And then we looked at Colossians 2 where it says that he, he wiped out the requirements of the handwriting that was against us. And he nailed it to the cross. Hmm. It's pretty good pictures right there, isn't it? So when God says, I forgive you. Now, this is really important. Because the same word that says, the way I forgive you, we're going to look at it tonight. This is the same idea he wants us to begin to work into. All right. All right. Everybody say amen or oh me or something. <laughs> All right. So now we've seen what God means when he says, I forgive you. Now let's look at the other half of the request. All right. The other half is this, and forgive us our debts, and now finish it with me, as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against you. You know, people are going to give you a lot of opportunity to live into this too, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You're gonna be, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to live into this second part of this verse. All right, now let's, let's get into it. As we forgive our debtors, this is us asking God to make us a good forgiver. Really it is. You're asking God to make you a forgiving person. All right, we're going to look at some of the kingdom logic behind all this. Uh, but is that an easy task for us as human beings? Our, our, our first idea is retaliation and not forgiveness. Isn't that really our first idea? I mean, for, for most of us, unless you're just a real passive type person. And then it's just to withdraw and be mad. But our first idea is not forgiveness. So we need Jesus to minister this to us. And now get this. He wants us praying like this. Now this is a prayer. This is not just a Bible study. This is a prayer we're going through. Jesus says, I want you to intentionally pray, God, make me a good forgiver. Some of us need to do some praying and fasting over that, right? You know, we got these old sayings that we, we, we you know, once shame on, on you, twice shame on me. And the third time, I, I, I'm ready. You know, that's what we're talking. That's the way we, that's the way we kind of do it. Remember, remember what Jesus said about vengeance? Remember what he said about vengeance? He said it belongs to him. He says, don't, don't, don't get into vengeance because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll take care of things. I'm the only one that can repay back. You don't have enough money in your bank account to deal with that. <laughs> so. Now, so what, what again is our definition of, of forgiving, of to, to forgive? What's our definition? Well, what are we using? What's those three words? Let it go, right? That's our definition to forgive. So what is a forgiving person? Now, I'm not, God's not making us doormats where anybody can just run over us. He's not trying to do that. He's trying to make us more like him. 
So if, if the idea of forgiving is to let it go, what is the idea of a forgiving person? To move past. To do the hard work of relationships, and when forgiveness comes, we walk in that newness. That, that, that we walk in forgiveness together. Now, I don't, we don't have to talk about marriage, but that's probably where this is tested and tried the most. You know? Somebody once said, you know what makes a good marriage? Is two really good forgivers. Isn't that true? Two people that can really forgive. Now, here's, here's what we often do. We say we let it go, but we really put it in the pocket. Don't we? A lot of times. And, and we keep score. You know, remember, when, am I thinking of something in 1 Corinthians 13, that love chapter? And I'm thinking, of, love makes no record of wrongs. And you know what? David even said this. I believe it was David in the Psalms. One of the Psalms said this. It said that if God kept a record of all of our wrongs, there is not anybody that could stand in front of him. Nobody could stand before him. In other words, God said, I got so much on all of us, all of y'all, I could make you crawl out on your knees right now. You know. <laughs> so forgiveness is a skill. I want you see, Jesus is teaching, teaching us in this prayer. He's teaching us something about prayer, but he's teaching us something about a skill that we've got to develop. Forgiveness is a skill that we've got to get better at. Now, if I'm, if I'm going to be a carpenter, I'm, I'm going to learn how to use my tools better. I'm going to learn how to use my tape measure. I'm going to learn how to do crown molding. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to sharpen my skill, right? If I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to have to sharpen my skill at being a Christian. It, actually, being a Christian doesn't come natural at all. It's actually come supernatural. You understand that? It's, and it's something that we have to... Now, we don't work... We don't do work to get into this thing, but we got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It takes a lot of effort. See, effort is, is, is a kingdom word. It takes a lot of effort to serve Jesus. You don't earn your way into this, but you got to put a lot of effort into it. Does that, does that make sense? I don't want to confuse you, but does that make sense to you? It takes a lot of effort. And you know why people aren't good Christians? Because they don't put in the effort. Now, if I want to be a, a concert pianist, what do I have to do? Practice. You practice. And you, and you get a teacher that knows how to teach you and train you and do all those kind of things. And you practice and you practice. If I want to be a, if I want to be a world-class athlete, do I just wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a, I'm, I'm going to go play for, for the Atlanta Braves. I just wake up. They laugh me off the field. What does an athlete have to do? In fact, there's a lot of athletic comparisons in the New Testament about being a Christian. What does an athlete have to do? Here's a word right here I want you to learn. Train. They have to train. And you have to train and train properly. Okay, so we have to have somebody teach us how to, how to live this Christian life. Well, that's what Jesus is doing. He's the best teacher that's ever been. He's the smartest person that's ever lived. He's got kingdom about this realm and, and, and the kingdom of heaven. He knows both, both realms. He knows how to bring them both together to give us the wisdom of God to live in this world. Okay? So we've got to train, train. We've got to train ourselves to be Christians. Okay? The Holy Spirit's going to help you. But let me say it like this. He's going to help you. <laughs> you said a thing about a helper a second ago. He's going to help you. He'll give you all the strength and wisdom you need, but guess who's going to have to put the effort to, to activate it all? Us. That makes sense. I mean, that's how you got here tonight. You got here by effort, didn't you? <laughs>
All right. That's, that's enough. So forgiveness is a skill. We've got to train ourselves. Do the hard work. Do the hard work. Okay, you got an issue in your life right now. I'm sure most of us have an issue of something that we could have as an offense against somebody. Train yourself first by listening to Jesus to teach us how to pray. Start training your mind about forgiveness by praying. Start training yourself. Lord, make me a forgiver. Help me to forgive. You've forgiven me. Help me to forgive. See, that? you're starting to train your mind. You're training your faculties. You see what I'm talking about? Okay, and then you get opportunity. Then you forgive. You say, well, I don't feel like I let it go. Well, keep doing it until you do. Keep doing it. Keep training until you get it right. Right? Okay. All right, now let's look at this kingdom commandment that Jesus gives us here. It, it, it dovetails right into this idea of forgiveness. You probably know this by heart. John 13, 34, and 35. Jesus says this, a new commandment. Okay? Now, that's, a, that's in addition to, to the, the Mosaic commandments, right? And the two other commandments. What were the two other commandments that were the, the, the greatest of all? Love God and love your neighbor, right? Just to simplify them. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? <laughs> All right, so Jesus says, I want, I, want to, I want to give you a new commandment, okay? And I want you to find the new in this idea. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay? Now, love's always been a part of God's way and plan, right? So what's, what's, the, what's the newness in there? What's the new part of that commandment? The new is right, right there, as in the as, as I have loved you. So now they have a new reference point, right? They have a new reference point of what love looks like. Love looks like Jesus. Love looks like Jesus taking care of them. Love looks like Jesus being with them. Love looks like Jesus going around healing people. Love looks like Jesus going to the least of these and taking care of things that everybody else neglected and kicked to the curb. Love looks like teaching and giving them wisdom even when they, they ask silly questions and do crazy things like Peter did from time to time. Love looks like all of this and, and love looks like patience to them. Love looks like a master who actually loves the people that he's walking with. So the newness in that commandment of, of to love one another is in Jesus said, now I want you to love one another the way that I've loved you. Now that's a lot. That's a mouthful. We could all go home and just chew on that for a little while and think about that. As I've loved you. Okay. Now how does this relate to that part of the prayer we're in? To forgive others. Well, forgiveness is a part of love and love's a part of forgiveness. It works out like that, right? The as I have loved you part, how does that work? How does that work towards forgiveness? We've been forgiven a ton, haven't we? So now, now think of the intensity of that. Okay, let's just use the word forgive. Not to do it any damage because forgiveness is part of love. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have forgiven you or that you forgive one another as I have forgiven you. You could do that really easy without doing any damage to anything. Because forgiveness is an expression of love. Hmm. That's a kingdom commandment for us. That would, if you could give the, uh, the church a grade on that. Let, let's just stay with our church because we don't, we don't take care of other flocks and all that kind of stuff. What about our church? You know, what? think about it. You know, will we get a B on that, a C, a D minus, A, 
What do you think? I mean, you don't have to give me an answer, but what, you think about that. You know, we got some work to do, don't we? Especially when you think about the intensity of that kind of love. All right, now, Jesus gives us the remedy in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, which is, Father, forgive us, right? That's how He heals our relationship, through forgiveness. Now Jesus gives us the remedy for most of the human relationship problems that we have. You realize that? We're trying to hash sometimes, we hash everything out and hammer it all out. But really, most of the time, forgiveness is the answer. Forgiveness is the remedy for most of the problems that ail our human relationships. I promise you, your workplace would be different if, there was, if it was a room full of forgivers in there. Your workplace would be different. Your home would be different. Now, forgiveness does not mean that you're, you sweep everything under the carpet. That's not letting go. Okay? Now, when God lets it go and you confess your sins and you pray and you're talking to Him about it, I mean, you're talking it out, right? So talking it out and confessing and working it out, that's all part of the forgiveness process. Okay? So I'm not talking about let it go don't mean sweep it under the rug. Because after a while, the rug gets to looking like an anthill in the living room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm -hmm. This prayer is intended to propel us into action. Okay? So Jesus... Is a genius. You just got to know that about him. Okay? You got to know he's a genius because if he can get you praying like this, guess what's going to start happening in your life? Your character changes. I mean, it literally transforms you into another kind of human being that's living in this kingdom and living according to this kingdom. And he has in his mind for you to pray like this on your knees so that when you start walking it out on your feet, it starts happening in your life. It's really a miracle. And he's such a genius. All right. Now, see Jesus doing this, okay? Jesus is doing this. Jesus is not telling us anything that, that he's not doing, okay? Can you think of any stories where he says he, he forgives anybody? You think of any stories, any gospel stories? He's on the cross. We're going to look at that one in just a second. Any other stories besides the one on the cross? We're going to look at this one in a minute. Stephen does it. Stephen acts just like Jesus when he's getting stoned, right? Forgive him. What? What? Remember Jesus? Remember the guy that they let down through the roof? Jesus looks at him instead of saying, you're healed. The first thing he says is, son, your sins are forgiven. Hmm. I think he was a, there was a lady that came anointed his feet. Remember that? And he forgave her. And from what the Bible says, she was a sinner woman. I don't know what that is, but when the Bible's got a rumor out on you, that's pretty big. <laughs> But Jesus said, forgive you. Now listen to Jesus himself. Now this is a really serious one with him. This is a big deal. Jesus in Luke 23, 34. Now the setting here is on the cross. He's on the cross. He's nailed to the cross, okay? He's dying. And with his last breaths, this is what he says. Listen to this. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and they cast lots. You know, this cleaned it up real, real nice and neat right there, but they basically stripped him naked and left him there hanging in front of everybody. That's what that meant. Now listen to this. Father, forgive them. Who's them? That would be all of us, but, but who would them be directly in that setting right there? Uh, that's the Roman soldiers, the people out there mocking him and doing all the crazy stuff they were doing at his feet. And, and just, I mean, this insanity, really. And he's hanging there between heaven and earth. 
And with his last breath, he could have called angels and defended him on his own self and got him off of that and out of all that pain. But instead, what Jesus does, he says, Father, forgive them. Now, that's big. That's huge. Now, this is what the Lord taught me on this particular passage. Going through a difficult time with another individual. He took me to this passage. And he said, I want you to follow my example. He said, I want you to learn to forgive while it still hurts. And now, it was a family member I was having to deal with. I know, I know y'all don't have any issues like that. But just, you know, I got some crazy folks in my family, and I'm one of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the Lord said, I want you to forgive while it still hurts. But my logic is, okay, when I calm down and this dies down in me, I will forgive if I feel good about it. <laughs> and the Lord said, I want you to do like I did. While it still hurts and I'm still bleeding and I'm actually dying from what they're doing. I want you to forgive then. Because what happens if you wait? It gets bigger and you usually don't. It gets bigger and you get bitter. Isn't that what happens? And hey, there's none of us that's out of, out of reach of this whole deal. We're all in this battle together. So Jesus says, Father, forgive me. As he's, as he's dying, I mean, he's, he's dying. Just a few minutes, he'll be dead. Father, forgive them. Now, here's, here's an interesting thing, for they do not know what they do. What those Roman soldiers were trained, they knew exactly what they were doing, but they didn't really know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, they really didn't know. I mean, and you know, I've, I found that out. With, with most people, they really don't think more past the nose on their face to really know what they're doing most of the time. And Jesus, in his wisdom, his compassion, and his patience, he says, Lord, they, Father, they really don't know what they're doing. They really have no idea. They really have no idea how serious all this is. So forgive them. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. That's some serious love right there now. I mean, to love people that's nailing you to the cross, that's pretty, that's pretty big. And they love people that's hurt. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not, don't want to get in any of your business or nothing, but have you ever had somebody look you in the face when you're dead to right? I mean, you're, you're guilty as, as guilty as sin, as they say. You ever had somebody look you in the face and say, I forgive you? I mean, you may or may not, I don't know, but think, I mean, if I have when I was wrong. And I've had somebody look at me in the face and say, I forgive you. It's devastating. I mean, it, 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 it's devastating and life-giving. It's a weird deal. It literally knocks you to your knees because you know good and well there is no way you can get out of it. And you're at their mercy. You know what I'm talking about? Now, let's talk about forgiving takes faith. Now, let's go into a couple gospel stories before we close out tonight. Luke 17 Jesus is talking. He's talking to his disciples. This is a nice little conversation. Actually, this conversation helps us a lot, actually. Take heed to yourselves, Jesus says. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Now, we like that part, right? <laughs> Some of us, we just stopped the sentence right there, right? Rebuke him. And if he repents or she repents, forgive them. And if he sins against you, now, 
okay, we're, we're, okay, we're getting, we're okay with that part for sure, the rebuke him. Okay, he's stretching us, and if he repents, forgive him. Okay, that, that makes sense. We can, we can kind of work this out, okay? And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. I mean, I'm good for two or three. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I thought I was doing pretty good at this. I thought I was a pretty nice guy, you know. I'm good for a couple. Seven? Really? It's like a toddler. Seven. <laughs> seven. You know, in the Bible, seven is, is, a, is an important number. It's all over the book, really. There's things in all kinds of cycles of seven. And seven has the idea of completeness, okay? So I don't, I don't know that Jesus is saying seven times that's a stretch right there but i think he's saying keep it i want your forgiveness to be complete like mine is for you you know that kind of deal but let's just stick with seven because that's that's what he says seven seven times in a day you shall forgive him and the apostles said to the lord increase our faith lord jesus i don't have faith for that are you kidding me I'm, I'm good for three or four, Peter would say, at another place. I'm good for three or four. Then Jesus is going to throw out something in a minute. He's going to say seven times 70. In, increase our faith. Increase our faith. So they know that it takes a lot of faith to believe that forgiveness is the answer. It takes a lot of faith. And where's their faith? It's still fighting in that human realm down here, isn't it? And they said, Lord, increase our faith. Hey, that's a pretty good prayer to pray, isn't it? I mean, that's a prayer. They're actually praying that to Jesus. You know, prayer's conversation with Jesus. Increase our faith. They're having a conversation with Jesus. They're praying, Lord, increase our faith. Hey, let's, let's pray that right now. Can we do that? Because we need some increase on that deal, don't we? You got issues right now. You need the Lord to give you more faith to believe that you don't have the answer, but forgiveness is. Okay, let's, let's ask him to do that. Lord, help us. We, we just join in with our, our fellow travelers here, our fellow disciples. We join in with our apostles, Lord, and say, increase our faith. Help us. We, we still hadn't grabbed a hold of this idea yet. Not, uh, we want you to have mercy on us, but Lord, don't let them get away with that. Are you serious? We need your mind on this, Lord. We need your mind. Help us, Lord. Increase our faith. Do that for each one of us, especially in those situations that's going on in our life right now. Increase our faith so that we can walk this path you're talking about. Amen. All right, now, now let's go over to Matthew 18. Now, here's some kingdom logic. Now, this, this kingdom logic will set you free. Now, when I say kingdom logic, I'm talking about that's the way the king thinks. Okay? This is the way the king thinks. This is the way his kingdom works. Jesus gives this crazy, wonderful story in Matthew 18, verse 21. Let's start reading right there. Peter came to him and said, okay, kind of along the same lines of what we just read. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, I don't think Jesus has given us a math equation, do you? Because 70 times seven is what for all you math geeks? It'd be 490 times. Now, that's a lot all by itself right there. Is Jesus saying on the 491th time you can light into him? Is that what he's saying? No, because he, he's, he's already told us to throw away scorecard. You know, 
So that I, I really get the idea of completeness when he says 70 times 7. Okay. I don't have any, you know, I don't have time to go back, but there was a guy in the Old Testament named Lamech. I believe that was his name, if I remember right. It said that his hatred was 70 times 7. And I believe Jesus is talking to a bunch of guys who know the Old Testament. He said, you know how that man hated? Everybody knew him by his hatred. I want everybody to know you by this 70 times 7. I want everybody to know you by this love, this kind of love. Okay, let's see what he says. He keeps going. And he tells us a story about the kingdom of heaven. He says, therefore, this is Jesus talking again. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he had begun to settle accounts, one, one of his servants was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, now doing equation math and, and getting equivalency of money and all that kind of currency and all that kind of stuff is hard to do. Because we don't know if it's talents of silver, talents of gold, and then you get all the inflation deals and all that kind of thing, cost of living. But here's the idea. Even in Jesus' day, 10,000 talents was millions of dollars. Okay? Millions of dollars. It's a huge sum of money. Okay? So this guy owes this king 10,000 talents. Probably what the situation would be is like this, this, this king has got a governor that he's loaned money for the building of his city that he's in, and the guy can't pay it back now. Okay, that's, that's kind of the picture that's being painted. He was not able to pay, and his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. Now, we've, we've studied in school about indentured servitude, or, you know, indentured servants, to where debtor's prison. You've heard of that, that term, debtor's prison? Okay, back in the day... They didn't have lawyers and courts of law. If you couldn't pay and I owed Paul money, Paul could take me to the king or to the judge and Paul could have me put in, into his debt and I could work his land until I paid off the $10,000 that I owed Paul. That's how the economy worked in those days. So this king's going to have his whole family put in prison. This man's going to go to work, and probably the whole family's going to go to work, to pay off this millions of dollars of debt. How long do you think that's going to take in their economy? And the servant fell down before him, before the king, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. That's a party time right there. I mean, that guy would be on cloud nine at this point, right? He forgave him millions of dollars of debt. Could have had him killed. Could have had him put in prison for the rest of his life. But instead, the king. See, Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like this now. Okay? But that servant goes out from the presence of the king. And he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Jesus is making a real big swing. This is a real big exaggeration type story. This guy owed millions of dollars and it was forgiven. He goes out and a hundred denarii would be like $50 to us. Okay? And he laid hands on this guy that owed him the $50, and he took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. You want to act this out a little bit, Paul? We want to act this out? <laughs> pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet. 
Uh-oh, did we just see somebody doing that a second ago? You think Jesus is making a comparison right here? And he begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Okay, let's say this is a story you heard outside of the Bible. What would you think about this guy? Before you get to the rest of the story. <laughs> you think he's a jerk. For real. I mean, that's the right language. He's, he's no, nothing short than an ungrateful jerk is what he is, right? Because just logically, what, what should have his response been? <laughs> to let it go. And you know, here's the deal. That's the way we feel about this idea of forgiveness. We want forgiveness for ourselves. But we're bound and determined that everybody else pays the full price for what they did. That's humanity right there. Let's keep going. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. And they came and told the king, the master, all that had been done. Then the master, after he had called this servant, said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servants just as I had pity on you? Now that's a question. What's the answer to that? What's the answer to that question? It's just yes, isn't it? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. He reversed the verdict, didn't he? Now here's where the kingdom comes in right here. Jesus, is, this is the summation of the story. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. And that's the gut punch right there. That's the kingdom logic. Okay, now let's pull the kingdom logic out. What, what, what's the logic? What do you hear the logic? Why does Jesus say it's, it's just necessary that you forgive? Why is it necessary? If you don't forgive, well, that, that's part of it. If you don't forgive, he's not going to forgive you. What, what's the other? What's the logic behind you forgiving people? What's the logic behind it? The logic is you have been forgiven of millions of dollars. Can't you forgive people who have just done a little something against you? So the logic in God's mind is, you got to be kidding me. You're going to hold that after all that I've forgiven you? I mean, I'm serious now. And all of a sudden, Jesus throws a monkey wrench in all of our plans, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way. Now, Father's not wanting anybody to be thrown into prison for not forgiving people. He is saying this is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom works like this. That when you see, the reason we don't forgive is because we're so self-righteous and we say things like this. Well, I would never treat anybody like that. I would never do what they did. 
And before you know it, you've kicked into self-righteous gear. And you forgot about that millions of dollars he forgave you. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's why Jesus got along with sinners so good. Because they weren't self-righteous. You know, I can, go, I can go into one of these meetings, talk about earning, and go to one of these meetings, and um, it's a different tone than if you're with a different group of sometimes religious folks. Because, see, everybody in that room knows they're messed up. The folks in the self-righteous room are messed up but don't know it. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Yeah, sometimes we get that thinking that, that our sins is not as bad as, well, and we say things like that too, like, well, I, I didn't rob a bank. I didn't kill anybody. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good, good illustration, the speck in the plank. You're trying to get the little speck in somebody else's eye out, and you got a plank in your own eye. Jesus did say that, didn't he? We wrote this down in my Sunday school class the other day, this same passage. Mm-hmm. This really was an unpayable. I mean, he, this man could never pay this debt back. You exactly. Know, he could work. We've converted talents to denarius and on, on down. And if he earned one denarii a day, it'd take three or four <coughs> lifetimes to pay this debt back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like, you know, Christ died on the cross for me. Mm-hmm. See, that's the, kingdom, that's the kingdom logic, is that you owed a debt to God you could never pay. You, you could spend three lifetimes and never pay it back. That kind of thing. And yet, somebody else has done something. And it's probably, maybe, maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe it's a really bad thing that they've done in your life or against you. Or maybe it's an ex or something of that nature or something crazy is going on. But in the comparison of that and eternity and the sins that's been forgiven you, it's millions versus 50 bucks. And I'm not, I'm not trying to oversimplify everything. Jesus just gives us this comparison. To make us understand that forgiveness is just logical. It's just logical that you be a forgiver because you've been forgiven of so much. Thank you, Lord. All right, now let's look at this last idea. This last picture I want to show you. Forgive us our debts, okay? That's, we're in that part of the prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, okay? Forgive us our debts. I want you to get this picture right here. It's like taking a deep breath. When you take in God's forgiveness, it's like inhaling. Everybody take a deep breath, inhale. I mean, it's like taking it into yourself. We need that, don't we? We need that all the time. We need God to forgive us. We take it in. We receive from Him. We breathe in His forgiveness, and it gives us brand new life. Just like that oxygen you just took in. His forgiveness does the same thing. It gives us new life. Okay, so when we receive, it's, it's, like, it's like inhaling. Okay, now look at this other part. When you forgive those who have sinned against you, it's like you breathing out. It's like exhaling. All right, take a deep breath again. And then blow it out. That's, what, that's, that's the picture I want you to get. Because this, this is what I believe Jesus is teaching us. This is the way the kingdom works. Just like your body works, breathing air in, breathing out, the kingdom works, taking forgiveness in, giving forgiveness out. That's how this kingdom works, Okay. All right, now it's like exhaling. Now in the natural, we know that God has set it up that the, oxy- the plants all around us give off oxygen. We breathe it in, right? We take it in. And as we breathe out carbon dioxide, isn't that what they call it? Carbon dioxide? We give life to other things. You know what I'm talking about? That's what the plants take care of. Now, now get this. All right, 
take, take it in again. Take, take, wait, let's do this. Take a breath and then blow out all the way. Now hold your breath. Hold it for about five minutes and I'll get back with you. Okay. <laughs> now what would, happen, what would happen spiritually if you do not take in God's forgiveness over your life? And you hold your breath. You don't take it in. You die. Okay? All right, now. Now, take a deep breath in. Hold it. Hold it. Now, I'll get back with you in three minutes. Now, what happens if you don't give out forgiveness? You're going to die. So, if you don't take it in, you're going to die. If you don't give it out, it cuts off the flow of life. Even for you. I mean, I don't have time, but there's another story in there Jesus talks about that, that unforgiveness is like a prison. Remember that story he talked about that? I mean, there's a real... There's too much on this subject. I mean, we'll do, do a whole other series on it later. You know, don't hold your breath. Don't, don't quit taking it from God and don't quit giving it to other people. Because if you hold your breath on any count, it's going to cost. And it costs them too. This is how the kingdom of God works. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray this again. What was it? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And you said however you need to. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against, against us. You know. And I'm telling you now, people are going to give you a lot of opportunity to live into this. We're all in process. Some of us a little bit more. You know, what's the old saying? Uh, all of us are bad, but some of us are impossible. How, what's that saying? <laughs> I, I, nobody's perfect, but some of us are impossible. <laughs> That's what it is. Nobody's perfect, but some of us are impossible. People are going to give you a lot of opportunity in this now. Deal with it in your house, in your heart, in your relationships as close to you. You've got plenty of work to do right there, I promise you. Well, here, here's the deal. Let's, let's deal with that issue before we go right quick. God has the ability to put it out of mind. We don't. We don't have that ability. We can't forget. I asked the Lord why one time, and this is what I got out of it after some meditation and things, thinking about it. The Lord said, I don't let you forget because I want you to remember that you forgave. And I, and I thought, thought about some of my sins that I've committed against God. I said, Lord, how come I can't get that out of my mind? He said, because if you forgot that, who you used to be, you'd forget that I forgave you. And you might end up on that same street again. Well, see, that's, the idea is, is that when you do remember, you, you remember that you forgave. Oh, wait, wait, wait I forgave that. And you, you might be three sentences in, but you you, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know. So, what's that? Well, you know, you could forget that you took them off your Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, but that, and he's right about this because forgiveness doesn't all of a sudden mean we're best friends again. You know, it doesn't mean that. And it don't mean we're going to go fishing next week, you know what I mean? But it does mean I'm getting my heart right. You got it? All right, Bubba, be quiet. We got to go. <laughs> All right, let's pray. All right, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Increase our faith in this area. We've all got to struggle with this. Uh, we probably all got an issue on the table right now that we're dealing with this idea. 
Help us, Lord. Help us to live in this kingdom where we breathe in forgiveness and we breathe it out. Make us better forgivers, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.